All right. All right. Welcome to Use of Excellence. This is our final episode of the season. I'm glad that you're with us. So, Hues of Excellence is a podcast dedicated to generating thought-provoking conversations for minority millennials. The podcast aims to be a roundtable discussion for emerging conversations surrounding racial identities, relationships, educational disparities, higher education endeavors, work life, and efficacies. All right, all right. So for the, for this last episode, we we got the whole crew together. All right. Um. So as we always say, Hughes of Excellence is our podcast. Um, and we talk about controversial issues on this podcast. And um, I guess we don't really want anybody to be offended. I personally don't care, but uh, the creators of this show they care about these things. So please, you know, don't get in your feelings about anything said. And I guess if you do, you should ask yourself why. <laughs> All right. And this is our last episode, as we talked about earlier. And the episode of in this title, of this episode is The Man versus the Man in the Mirror. And so basically the inspiration for this episode came, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of um, a lot in the news about Black Lives Matter, um, about police brutality and, and basically systemic racism. And so we kind of want to talk today about, you know, what the conversation on the ground is like, what, what people are saying in the streets, what people are, you know, basically the two different um, schools of thought when it comes to this issue. So basically in society, you'll see that um, there's two main schools of thought uh, regarding black people. So one, people say, you know, the man keeps trying to hold black folk down. Uh, we got to rise up against the man. Boom. And then there's a second kind of school of thought that says that black people need to take responsibility for themselves. You know, it's not the white man that's making black people kill each other at these high rates, you know, this, that, and the third. And I think that second school of thought is actually more prevalent in the black community than people think. Um, and so today we just want to kind of talk about it and see, you know, what we think, what we've heard, and, um, you know, what what, what uh, our general thoughts are about it. So what do y'all think? I, I think that our current generation is stuck. I think that some people firmly believe in the Black Lives Movement and I think other people don't think that it's actually going to do anything and I feel this like the community has this sense of hopelessness. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. Us as millennials, I think we're closer to the Black Lives Movement than anything. But what about older generations that have gone and seen movements die yeah i mean i definitely think that um well the black lives movement is an intergenerational movement and so you have people from all different ages all different walks of life come together for this movement and so this is very different than the civil rights civil rights movements of our parents time where those are pretty much head by heterosexual males um, the whole point of the Black Lives Movement is to make sure that everybody is included when we talk about Black Lives. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that kind of separates um, 
kind of separates the younger generation from the older generation. A lot of civil rights um, activists and just older people are very critical of the Black Lives Movement because of the way that they're doing things and they're, you know, there's not a there's not a strong leader in this, whereas before we had strong leaders like um, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and things like that. The Black Lives Movement now makes sure, makes, um, yeah, they make sure that the leaders are kind of spread out and that there's lots of smaller leaders that lead to this bigger leader, but it's not one person, you know? It's not just one person that's doing this movement. It's a lot of people working together. And I think just the, the difference in strategy is what kind of pulls the generations apart, but their main focus is to make sure that everyone is involved. Um, but I do agree with what you're saying, AJ, that a lot of people um, kind of don't feel like it's effective anymore, especially now that it's kind of been like three years in the running. Um, a lot of people, they just don't really fully understand everything that the Black Lives Movement is working towards. Um, and that's just ignorance on their part. They're not really realizing all the different things that the Black Lives Movement is doing because they are doing lots of different things. What, wait, hold up. But what are they working towards? So they're working toward... What's the goal? I never knew. Like, they, they never really explicitly tell Yeah, them. and I think that's... I feel like they never say what the goal is other than, like, Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, I mean... Yeah. For me, it's like, yeah, no shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> all right, so what's the goal, bro? I agree, and I think they need to communicate that a little bit better. But um, I know that they're definitely... For the demilitar demilitarization of uh, local police forces, but also kind of putting some um, community accountability mechanisms for like rogue police officers and making sure that they are um, handled correctly and swiftly. And then also um, transparent legal investigations and just making sure that everything that's going on around um, black shootings, police shootings of black people is handled correctly after the fact. Um, but yeah, so I think I agree with you, Ricky, like a lot of people aren't really sure about everything that they're doing and they're not super clear. All, all we really see is like the protests and things like that, but they are doing things in the back. I mean, if the goal, what, if the goal is to advance an agenda so that it's not ignored, then yes. If the goal is to resolve the systemic racism, that's not what the goal is. Like systemic racism and racism and discrimination in total against the black community has been going on for decades. Like, so like the Black Lives Movement isn't supposed to resolve, like it's not supposed to be like, no more racism, it, but for real now. It's supposed to be like, hey, there's still racism and you guys, think that because we're now sharing facilities and going to schools and that everything's equal but there's not it's not equal there's still disparities and you need to not ignore that i think that's what it is like don't ignore this so do you jordan woke, wake up so 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 i just want to ask so so personally do y'all do y'all think um that the black lives matter movement is successful or do you think that it's not the way to go like what are your what are y'all's personal feelings about it <laughs> that's what i Yo, want to know you asked if it was successful yeah of course it's not <laughs> it hasn't been successful yet yeah and even on their website like their website is actually really informative if you go to it obviously it's like blacklivesmatter.com but 
they specifically say that the Black Lives Matter movement is an ideology um, to kind of enforce political intervention. Uh, and it, they, you know, explicitly say that this isn't going to, you know, change anything. This isn't going to, this isn't a, you know, a movement that's to be compared to something like, you know, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. going out and protesting like that. Obviously, that comes from the Black Lives Matter movement in itself, but it's more of an affirmation for Black individuals and in society um, as a way for us to come together as a community. I feel like within our community, within itself, we've always been very connected in a way, not maybe the best that we should be, but in a way we are always connected to something. So this is a way for us to kind of get the information out to people. And seeing that we are in a digital age is just, you know, moving with times. You know, I appreciate the fact that the Black Lives Matter movement, whenever something happens, you know, you can go to it and you can seek that information and you can, you know, be involved with what's going on, even if you aren't in the actual place. But the thing that frustrates me about the movement within itself is that it only pops up when there's a killing or when there's something going on that we don't agree with as a community. And I I feel like that is so ineffective when it comes to long-term or longevity within that, uh, within the movement within itself. So it's frustrating because, you know, we are in this digital age where, you know, we have that instant ability to just tweet out our thoughts and everything but there's there's no longevity to it like that's a piece that I wish that as millennials we were able to gravitate more towards when it comes to being able to look at the progression of what our ancestors had to go through um and just their progression to get us to where we are today I feel like we we rely too heavily on these digital mediums to solve our problems. And yeah, it's a great place to vent. Like, I'm the first person to, you know, go to Facebook and Twitter or whatever the case may be when something happens to, to kind of gauge what's going on. But at the end of the day, like, there's nothing like actually going out and making actionable changes. And, and I don't think that people should rely solely on the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement because that, that's not going to make changes that are tangible for the next generation. Yeah. All right, to 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 kind of transition away from you know Black Lives Matter specifically and you know the goal of that of the specific you know Black Lives Matter organization, I want to know from y'all when people say okay, um, and, and I've heard a lot of Black people say this as well, you know people are going out here and, pro- and protesting, but they're not, but those same people that you see protesting and marching. They're not upset when black people are killing each other in these gang in these gang fights and things like that. So That's the question bullshit. I want to ask to y'all is the question I want to ask to y'all is, what are do you feel like the responsibility um, for black individuals? Where do you feel like it's best served? Is it okay? Yeah, you need to be um, protesting. Do you think protest the protesting works? Or do you feel like okay, you need to be reinvesting back in your community? You need to be a leader in your community like like what is what is the responsibility of black people in america to solve this i think i think it's all that because i feel like with anything you have to have a multiple pronged approach to to have an effective solution to a problem it's like communication you know what i'm saying you can't reach everybody in one manner you have to do it in different manners and so when it comes to what you're talking about as far as the black community like that's not a one-stop solution for anything because there's so many entrenched things that are causing a lot of this stuff. Like, there's a reason why there's black-on-black crime. You know what I'm saying? It's not 
because black people don't like each other. It's systemic reasons that have created that oppression. You know what I'm saying? And then you couple that with the police brutality and the fact that homelessness and lack of jobs is high in our community because of other things. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, a multiple pronged approach that thing has to be taken. I think one community engagement within um, one's community should be taken. People should take onus on that and start making change effectively in their community and start trying to make worldwide change. You know what I'm saying? Because the only way that's going to change, or nationwide change, rather, only way that's going to change is through policies and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people have to realize you can't just have a one-stop stop, one-stop shop solution to a problem that has so many layers to it. Um, I kind of agree with that, but I think, well, the one thing that I always think is like, so, um, here in Charlotte, we have this place called, uh, Plaza Midwood, right? And it's been, uh, gentrified <laughs> almost completely, like, a few years ago. It was not, it was, you know what I'm saying, like, the rundown part of the city, and now it's, like, up and coming, um, because, you know, these, these hipsters come to these places and they just kind of like take over the place and make it into what they want it to be. And I always think to myself, like, how come we can't do that? You know, how come we can't go to a place and then turn it into, you know, like something that's really cool for people to go to, you know what I'm saying? It like feels safe and we just have our own place and our own like community that we can invest into and like build our own bars and build our own boutiques and do whatever we want inside of our own spaces resources man know how i mean well i think more of us need like uh, i think some of us is like focused some of us is just focused on bullshit bro like some of us just get so enamored with you know like i don't know trying to trying to be i don't know trying to be like instagram models or like instagram famous you know what i'm saying like it's not like real famous but you want to be like yeah i'm stunting versus I don't know, a long-term plan, you know, that helps, like, you and your people? Uh, I was, before you move on, I was going to say that, I'll, like, I feel like there's a huge disparity with people thinking that there's, like, an enormous amount of black-on-black -black crime. Like, that, the evidence for black-on-black -black crime isn't higher among black people than it is for other, like, minority groups. Is, like, uh, there no, is, is, wait, wait, is hold up, let me tell Hold up, calm your titties. So, like, the homicide, they include the homicide rate. The homicide rate among the black community is higher than any other minority, and they include the homicide rate or percentage, your own black. Like, if you kill yourself, that is considered black crime because you're hurting yourself and you're black. They include that, which disproportionately oh, pushes through. So what I'm saying Damn. is that it's like a, it's um, like an ill-founded, unfair statistic that keeps getting pushed out to the media to kind of and to the to the communities to kind of deflect like the big issue, like these big corporates, people that are actually causing this distress in these communities that mm, low key are white men. That's not low key. That's very high key. <laughs> very hecky <laughs> the, the thing that the trouble that I kind of feel like though is that I, I guess this is the thing that I've been struggling with it, it's I feel like that I have to say I feel like I have to have two different messages depending on the 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 segment of the population I'm talking to so if I'm talking to a white person 
I'm never going to start talking about black on black violence and what black people should or should not be doing within their own communities. And I feel like when white people come across and they say stuff like, oh, how are you mad about this police officer shooting one of y'all when y'all are killing each other, yada, yada, yada. Basically, I, I have a real problem with people taking whatever whatever stance puts the least responsibility on them. Like, I feel like it's a big cop-out for white people to say, oh, y'all need to just fix it. And because I'm sure that it, I'm sure that, you know, it, it's it's it make it helps white people sleep better at night to be able to say, oh, the system's not broken. Those black folk just don't know what they're doing. They just out here killing each other. But I was just going to say at the same time, though, it's some black people that I know that'll be on some. And I feel like when I talk to black people, I really got to like because I know I know plenty of black people that if I say, OK, you know, you got a job, you got kids to feed, you're doing your thing, you know, you're living your life. If you have two hours to spend fighting for the struggle, fighting for the cause of black people, they will spend those two hours marching for and protesting. But you then you ask those same people, what have you done? Like, how have you how have you tried to help the next generation of black people? And I think that if like I, and, and I feel like there's a certain like if you're if you're dealing with policy, you're you know, you're a teacher, you're you're, you know, someone in the government, you're you're a, a legislator and you can and you are in a position of power where you can really affect change, then I'm all for. Yeah, then, then help help, you know, make the system more fair. But if you out here and you feel like you're doing your part by by protesting, but then you not doing nothing for the actual kids in the community, you're not you're not being a role model, you're not mentoring nobody. I feel like it's misguided to say that it's more important for you to be marching in a protest. Like if you got two hours a week, at least one of those hours I feel like has got to be spent with you mentoring somebody in the black community more so than you trying to get white people to understand because because reparations are not coming that's so real you know we also have to get to the point where we understand that you know the way that we as black individuals are minorities and millennials at that we we you know have social we do it differently you know we some people might feel better going out and protesting some people might feel better, you know, like you said, Alex, and going back to the community and giving back that way. But at the end of the day, it really, we have to stop giving people the excuse, I feel like, to to put that back on us, you know, in regards to being like, well, black on black crime is this. Granted, yes, you know, that, and Brandon had touched on this earlier, that's an issue within itself, but we have to be very, you know, intentional about just stop killing each other. And I know obviously it's not that easy, but until we take ownership of what we do in our within our community, we have to take ownership of that instead of trying to place a blame on another on another issue because both issues are equally important at the end of the day to me. Um, unfortunately, like, I, and that's the thing, it's so touchy, but I, I get what you're saying because sometimes I have conversations where my white counterparts will be like, well, y'all are killing each other. And, and I feel like they're trying to shift the conversation. And, and I understand that. I'm not trying to take away the fact that, you know, black individuals, that, that's a that's a huge issue within our community is us killing each other. But at the end of the day, it's, it's frustrating because, like you said, Alex, it, it it's a conversation that needs to be had. And... and I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's, it really is frustrating. I guess my point in making that comment was the fact that we all can give back in different ways. There's so many things that are going on right now that 
I appreciate even I don't know if y'all heard of it, but it's like the We Love You Project that places, you know, this this guy who's into photography, he is going around and taking portraits of black men, you know, in effort to take back their image in in regards to what society places on them. So little things like that really go a long way by just showing that, you know, we can take ownership of who we are and we really have to stop allowing, you know, society to write our own stories for us in regards to what we can do and our limitations because at the end of the day, you know, we're limitless as a community. So we just really have to, I don't know, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating because the whole Black Lives Matter movement, you know, it's just something that I wish would go off of online social media. And granted, yeah, the protests are there, but what comes yeah. after the protests? Yeah. Like 30 days yes. later. Oh my like, God. why are we not Preach. as active, you know, as Preach. we were, you know, earlier this summer when there were, you know, multiple killings going on. And that's the thing that frustrates me most about it. So, I don't know. That's just my two cents about it. But, there, just... but there's, like, multiple movements. Like, people just gloss over those things. And that's like, the thing. Like, um, in Chicago, there's multiple movements going on, um, you know, talking about the violence or whatever. Also, like, white people kill each other at 84% clip. So, um, 84% of violence yes. against white people or white people. But, like, there's been a, a phrase coined, you know what I'm saying, that. against our type of violence. They call it black-on-black black violence. I mean, the the real thing is, like, to be honest with you, um, and I, I really hate when people say this. Like, I hate what's about to come out of my mouth. But it's true. Um, like, the media shapes a lot of our narrative. Um, and, then, and the media shapes a lot of people's narrative, you know? Um, because a lot of people... Uh, you know, we're a TV nation, like, we're, we're just a TV nation, that's what we do, that's where we get most of our information, that's where we get, like, a lot of our, outside of our vicinity, that's where we get yeah. our worldview. Why do you and, hate to say, why do you hate to say that the media shapes the perspective of art? No, because people blame the media for stuff all the time, like, people just, you know, that's kind of like the go-to, you know, oh, it's the media, you know, and, like, I, I don't really like saying it, but um, the thing that I was kind of going to get to is that black people are always the villains you know we're always the villains that's that's kind of how like we're always portrayed you know we're always gangsters we're violent you know this that and the third um and sometimes our music probably doesn't help portray that image but um <laughs> fuck that shit i don't care um <laughs> like that really really the thing is is that like so in in the 70s when nixon was running um to stop the black panther movement what he did was, and this is what is, uh, I think his chief of staff came out and said this year, I want to say, if not last year, he said that um, to stop kind of like the the Black Panther Party um, and the other, you know, people that he had a problem with, uh, which were hippies. So he, he hated pretty much hippies and radical black people. Um, and so what he did is like he painted the picture of them in the media as criminals. So, you know, the Black Panther parties are just selling drugs, they're drug dealers, they're violent drug dealers, and that's what they paint them in the media as, and that just kind of, like, sets a seed and grows itself over time. So, like, uh, you know, in the media, it's always, like, death and destruction. That's what, you know, it's, it's, it's what they kind of sell stuff off of. It's like death. And they always, you know, it's always the black person that they're going to put inside the paper, um, when it comes to like a homicide over, you know, two white people that killed each other over meth or some shit. You know, like you said that you hate saying it, but I mean, it's a known fact, like 
the media, they they have such an influence on what we consume and how we perceive it. And and that's why I always like strive to to look at news sources that are not based out of the United States, like the BBC and other things like that, because they kind of have a, a little bit of a non-biased opinion towards what's going on. Because you can see between Fox and CNN, like Fox is clearly going to put out information in a different way or spin it in a different way that, you know, CNN might not put it out in a, in that in that same, quote unquote, very con- or very conservative way. But I think that goes back to Alex's Alex's point earlier in regards to that mentorship being there and, you know, needing more individuals who are in these communities and needing more individuals of color within the newsroom so that they can dictate a little bit more what's being said and what's being put out for people to digest when they are watching these media outlets and not just the newsroom, but in other media other media platforms like movies and television shows, like we are perceived in a very specific way that's frustrating to me. You know, I know a few of us on here are like media professionals, but it's really frustrating when it comes to just like how we're being perceived within, you know, television shows where, you know, men are always perceived as, you know, aggressive and women are always perceived as just, you know, very lustful and all of that. And, and again, that kind of goes back to taking charge and, you know, taking back our narratives and what we and what we, you know, want and how we want our stories to be told. But, but yeah, I don't, like what you were saying isn't anything new. Like, that's something that is a known fact, how the media kind of dictates what we, what we say or what people think of us. Yeah, and I think we talked about it. We talked about it back in the masculinity episode. I think it's really important that we reach back to our roots, and our roots is the children that are in our community. That's how we. That's how we're going to change things for the future, and so making sure that we are giving a positive role model for them to see. So they're not seeing a lot of these positive role models on media, but they can see it in the community. And I, I was talking about in the episode how there's not a lot of black doctors and a lot of black male scientists, black male doctors. Um, and how black children aren't applying to medical school and not doing those things because they don't see that. And so those people that have those type of roles where they may be the few or the minority, they need to make sure they reach back and they show that children can do that. And that's something that black people are doing so that we can kind of spread our resources and share that information. And and I think that's another big thing. We don't share our resources and information. And so we get something, we kind of hold it for ourselves and we kind of like try to build up our family, but we don't try to build up others around us. Um, another big thing is that we are we are very smart. We have a lot of smart minds. People of color are obviously just as smart as everybody else, but we need to make sure that we do something with that. And so joining things like a think tank and, you know, coming up with projects and ways to gain money and put money back into the community effectively and legally is a really good way to continue our efforts and try to change things for the long haul and not just do things for short spurts, but actually do things that are going to be a part of the system and start to actually change. That's real. And I think I think that one of the things that is kind of that it kind of contributes to this being such an uphill battle is that the ignorance is so intuitive. Like it, it may, it seems to make so much sense when you say you got a headline saying black people mad about a cop shooting one black person, black people kill such and such number of other black people a year. People watching that like, Oh yeah. yeah." People say, you know, okay. You know, you got black people that, that, you know, are out here dealing drugs. Oh, they're, they're drug dealers. You know, they're, they're criminals. Forget about them. 
yada 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 they're, they're criminals and and they're not a part of society so that makes sense to me that's all i need for people to really understand how and i think that when you when you really it takes time it takes time and it takes dedication to really understand how not only the historical context is relevant to how the the society is for black folks is today but also the things that are going on and how they're very very hidden in the way that they're affecting black people at a higher proportion whether it's housing discrimination or or um or, or how when you get into a felony it's much more likely if you're a white person if you have a felony on your record and you've served your time to society that you can get a job much easier than a black person but to, to find out information and to really, you know, be in the know, it takes more than just watching Fox News and seeing a headline. Like, it's the types of stuff that, that people really need to know about aren't big headline. Like, they're not quick to understand. They're not really, like, available like that. You have to really do some research and really care about it. And I think that when you have... Can I, can I add to your stat real quick? That stat about um, a white man with a, with a felony... Uh, getting a job over a black man. Yeah, yeah, please, please. A white man with a felony has a better chance of getting a job over a black man with a college degree. I'm not even surprised. What? I'm not even surprised. Yes, ma'am. Please go Google that shit. Please go Google it. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, you should go Google yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, that should remind me. I think it's the Washington Post, um, but I'm not sure. It might be the Washington Post, but I've definitely seen it before. That, you know, not, I don't fall for like, uh, like, uh, like spoof sites and, you know, saying stuff like that. That's real. Yeah. Thing is, is that this reminds me of the episode we did where we were talking about how young minority professionals were trying to get into the work field and how some discriminations were still there. And one of the things that. Um, a statistic picked up is that if you have a traditionally black name or what you know like if you change it like Mm -hmm. people who change it Mm -hmm. to their middle name say like jaquan smith changed it to like (laughs) joe smith he instantly became whiter and his same application that he submitted like more out of those places he was asked for an interview versus those same places that he sent the same damn application to but just with his name name. they literally they looked at the the name there's this prejudice right it is wonderful ricky (laughs) hey no i got a pretty i got a pretty uh i got a pretty proper name hey but and that's the thing that's the thing, though. Like, the, there, there's not, there's no shortage of data that supports the fact that black people are treated much worse in this country than white people. But when you have, and this is really, and, and that's why I, I promise you, that's one thing that I really, I hate, but I also respect about the way that Republicans really use their platform is that they make sure that okay, people that are really rich white folk, they know okay, yeah, let me vote this way. So that my pockets keep getting bigger. But what's more than that is they make sure that they get poor white people to vote in a way that's against their own interests, just based on the fact that they feel like, yeah, we agree with them. These black folks are are doing it to themselves. Because no, think about if if you're if you're in that situation where you're a, a poor white person, you don't have a lot of education. You know, you 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 know, you don't really want to take the time to really research stuff. You don't want to hear about how black people have it so much worse than you. And it's because 
of people that that are like you it's it's all your fault you're not trying to hear that you're trying to hear that black people are gangsters I mean, yeah, that's what like you want to hear so that's the, what they give like them the thing about it is this man is that they get to live in that bubble you know and they get to run a crazy candidate like the great the most outlandish candidate that we've ever seen in modern politics is running for president right now off the strength that these poor and it's not all poor like white people that's the thing like trump's appeal is across like a very wide spectrum bro so um you know like there are people in this bubble who who live who who you know saying only in just like fox news and you know if all you hang around is white people you know and i'm not talking about you know saying at work or like, you know, you see some black people at work, you know what I'm saying? You say hello and you keep it moving, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then you go and you hang around all white people. Like, right, right. Insulated, <laughs> you know, so you don't, you don't get it because you're not around somebody whose opinion you respect and you like, you know what I'm saying? You, you understand like a black person who makes you understand that you guys are equal, like that the black people that white people like to talk about that like, oh, I'm colorblind, you know, like, oh, I don't see race because I respect that person. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, I, I know, I know what I'm saying. Like, when they when they say, like, when they say stuff like that and they're talking that. to you, it's because of what they're saying is that, like, I respect you as a human being and as an equal. And I feel like, um, like, we shouldn't even have to discuss that, you know, like me and you on an individual level, I have no disrespect for you as a as an individual. You know, no matter how I feel about the rest of your people or the rest of your race. I think people who say that there's like, that they're colorblind and all of that stuff, like these, it's just like, I feel like the society is more sensitive about white people's sensitivity than, more so than black people's discrimination. So they're over here like, oh, oh, oh. Well, that's, and that's, that's kind of like what the, that's what the point is, man. Like they don't, white people... Um, they have to be slowly brought out of that bubble, you know, like slowly, but, and they have to be in situations that they've never been in before. So, you know, true, we've all been in a situation where we walk inside of a place and we are the only person of that race in that particular location, right? That rarely happens to white people. You, you know, when that happens to white people a lot, it happens at weddings. You know what I'm saying? Like, they get invited to a wedding, and now they're, like, around a whole bunch of black people. And they're church. basically yeah, the only Yeah, when one. they go to church with their friends. You, but you, but you, you have to be in that situation sometimes to start to gain, like, this sort of empathy. You know, where you start to, like, oh, I remember when that guy, right. you know, yeah. like, they have to live the experiences that we live all the time. And it comes with a flip that's, like, kind of hard to do. And, and some of them just understand. Like, so I, I, it's tough just to cast all of them in one basket. Like, they don't get it. Yeah, no doubt. A ton of them do. A ton of white people understand completely, like, the double standard. And, you know, it benefits them. So as much as, like, passion or rah-rah they can have about it, it's tough to really have a conviction when, like, that double standard is beneficial to you. And you can understand yeah. that, you know? And it's and it's like, you know, when, when you see... It's, and you're right, you're right, because sometimes I get like, man, you know, wow, you know, white people, they just not with it. But I, I can only imagine if I was in a world where 
I didn't have to think about being black. Like I could just walk around and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm black. Everybody's black." Oh, it's a it's a small group of white people I gotta see at work sometimes. Okay, like I don't really know what they're going through, and then for them to expect me to really just get it like that, like I feel that I really do feel that and understand. Like okay, you know these these people like and people that say that they're colorblind, colorblind, and they don't even see race. Like on the one hand, I'm like, okay, you're not you're not quite getting what I'm saying to you, but at least I know that they're trying, you know? And so I guess at this point, I, I find my hope one in making sure that black folks are, are doing something for their community. It, you know, they, you know, we, and I don't know, we talked about this earlier, but it's a lot of black folks that I see that, um, through whatever circumstance, they'll make it out and they'll, you know, be making money and doing good things for themselves and their family. And they'll kind of, and, and, and it's, it, I think that it's, um, specific to black people and really maybe all minority groups that when you're successful as a black person, it's not enough just to be successful for you and your family. Like people expect you to, because of the, the collective struggle that we've had, reach out and also help bring up your community. I think that's something that white people don't have when it comes to just their race, but that's kind of a separate point. But um, what I'm saying is that you know, when, when you have people that are like, I'm colorblind, yada, yada, you know, they're at least trying and you can still work with people like that. I think, I think that when people say that they're colorblind, they're looking at you and like, listen, like I, I understand that, you know, things are not, are not good for black people compared to the way things are for white people. And so I'm just letting you know that between me and you, I don't see you as black. I just see you as another person and me and you are on equal footing. They don't necessarily, they haven't embraced the systemic racism that black people have to have to endure that they will never have to understand. They'll never have to endure, but at least they saying you're not a subspecies of human. At least they saying, okay, we on equal footing. So I think that that means they're at least trying. I don't know. I see it differently. In my right. experience, they're they're normally saying it without any type of um, acknowledgement of the struggle. Like they're normally saying, like um, I'm colorblind, as in there's nothing going on, you know. And so, and so, if you're gonna say that, like I would want some type of acknowledgement, but usually that's not what comes from it. It's just, you know, I'm colorblind. None of this stuff happens. Let's keep moving. Why are we talking about this? You know, and it's just a form of ignorance. Mm. That's real. But um, it's a form of insulation. Yeah. So today, the New York Times um, reported that the, the group White Lives Matter, which formed from the hashtag, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because it's actually hilarious. But <laughs> it formed from the hashtag White Lives Matter. Oh, so they're man. actually um, they're actually been declared a hate group today by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Hallelujah. And. Um, I think that's hilarious, but I'm like, I'm reading this article and I just did not realize how crazy this White Lives Matter oh my God. got. So it's saying that um, their movement is dedicated to the preservation of the white race, um, and oh that God. they're against integration, <laughs> they're, they're against immigration, and they were saying that, <laughs> that they argue that white Americans... I'm against all Asians <laughs> of all kinds. Right, but they argue that white Americans are victims of the genocide <laughs> oh caused by factors like the immigration of non-white people and marriage between white Christians and non-whites or Jews and I'm just like I did not realize like I thought <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right like 
Yeah, I did not realize that they went that far. Like, I thought it was more just as like a combative force against the Black Lives Matter thing, but it's more of it's an actual hate group. So, what do you guys think about that? Oh, number one, you can't fuck with the Jews. I'll tell you the operative word in that. Like, when I knew they were seriously (laughs) going to be considered a hate group when they said something about Jews, (laughs) like that's usually like. That's the that's the yeah. That's the if you say something, you can you can hate black people, you can hate Mexicans, you can hate Asians, but as soon uh-uh. as you hate some take Jews, them out, take nah, them out. You know what I'm saying? Like we coming after the ass. That's the one. Yo, and that's yeah. the crazy thing is I, I and I'm, I'm not talking shit about Jews. I like I just yeah, think funny. yeah. It, like, like it's, it's always, hard to it, like it's always like that that as soon as you hit the Jew, it's like bow. That's it. You you hit the you know what I'm saying a bingo. It's over for Yeah, because that's the genocide that people actually accept that happened. You know, like, it's hard. Not everybody accepts that, accepts that uh, the transnational slave trade was a bad thing for everyone involved. Oh but, you know, everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no one. Also, the whole thing with natives, like, people don't, you know, they don't want to believe that Americans raped their way into the United States. They just don't want to believe that. But the whole issue with Hitler I mean, and I, all of that stuff, they definitely believe. And so, yeah, this is the easiest way to get to to become a hate group is to say that you're against Jewish people. Have, have y'all actually, like, have y'all actually looked at the hashtag on Twitter? Like, it's hilarious. Mm. Like, people, it's, it's... White laws matter? Yes. it's. I'm just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe that this is a thing that people are actually, conver- like, conversing about. Like, my thing is, I don't know. I'm like, yo, these are people that we could have potentially been at work with or at school with and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yo, there are people out there and it's obvious that there are people out there, but you really you really don't know who's hiding behind the facade. Bruh, Tommy but, Loren. But yo. Whatever. <laughs> Eat a dick. Uh, you know what it should be? It should be like White Lives Matter, like parentheses, duh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, nah. The craziest thing that I saw that really like kind of struck me was uh, Brian Stevenson, uh, he was talking about how in Germany, because of the Holocaust, they don't, so they don't execute people because they like, like if you, if you do something, they just like, okay, you, you spend life in prison. They don't execute people because they're like our history, you know, they, they say, you know, our history, it will be unconscionable for us to think about, okay, yeah, we're, we're out here gassing people. We out here electrocuting people. That's not what we're going to do. But yet in America, but we have a, a show enough history of, um, oppressing black people and killing black people, we still have the death penalty which targets black people more than any other group, and people don't even bat an eye at it. It's it's really crazy to me. Like it's it's wild. Y'all ever feel depressed like thinking about how much shit is really wrong? Nah, never. I like honestly. No, do like no. I I rarely depressed about shit like this i don't know why i don't know what it is i, just, I don't know bro like, i think we're just desensitized I th- at this point i think we're just desensitized to everything that's going on nah 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 nah, nah. it's not that there's there's like there's this hope there's always this like this glimmer i don't know man because i know so many black people that are doing well and doing exactly what they're supposed to do um you know like we love to focus on the negative, like for what it is, you know, minus, minus the militarized, like the militarized police force, which is honestly a huge problem for all of us. 
especially all those like second maiden, you know, freaks out there. Um, <laughs> I I understand that whole like, yeah, <laughs> like yo. So I I one quick tangent. I find it hilarious how many of these like Second Amendment, you know, right wing conservative people stick up for the police force, watch them like go straight military, right? And these are the same people who are like, I'm not gonna let the government take my guns. And I'm kinda like, who the fuck do you think is gonna take your gun from you first? It's gonna be them. You know, like they're gonna be ones knocking on your door taking your guns if somebody's gonna do it. You want them with all that shit? You don't stand a chance. I wanted to add on to the beginning thing that you just said, which was like hopelessness, like that you, you are, you, Jordan was like, we're not really desensitized, blah, blah, blah. I feel like the hopelessness hasn't really reached us, even though I know that it exists among the black community, like particularly like less educated, I guess to say, but no offense and stuff. But I'm, I think that it doesn't exist for us because we're educating, educated, aspiring intellectuals. Like we know how powerful we can be therefore it's impossible to fathom that like we'll turn into nothing or like that we'll be crushed by the system there's just too many intellectuals out there educated black people fighting against it that we can't be fucking crushed like that's a good that's a good way to look at it. But for me, like every time it seems like the more I know, the more I learn, the more I'm like, oh, that's fucked up. The way they doing juveniles, that's fucked up. The way they doing immigration, that's fucked up. The way they doing black people. It's like, yo, like every time I learn something, it's like, yeah, it's black people out here doing well. It's black people out here, you know, fighting the struggle. But golly, we got all of this. We got all of this to go up against the whole system. The whole system? Like, God, so mighty. It's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I just be going through it. That's the world, man. <laughs> Everybody got their cross to bear, bro. Yeah, we got hella crosses. I mean, some crosses are bigger than others, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. What do you all think about Kaepernick um, not standing for the, not standing during the national anthem? Like, what do y'all thoughts on that? Good for him. Good for him. Great for him. Honestly, and he's like, he's not even starting right now. He's not like, his job isn't secure right now. Like, they were talking about, like, cutting him after he did that shit. And after everybody, like, kind of just blew up on him. And good for him, bro. Good. Good, good People act we like. We all aspire to be Colin Kaepernick because with that type of stand, bro. People act like the, sport, the Star Spangled Banner is as important to the America as the Constitution. Like, no, it's a song. Colin Kaepernick has rights. Shut up. I just think people just needed something to harp on. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like people have so much outspoken against the the killings of black black folk and 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 going for this whole blue live blue lives matter thing. Uh, when one your next rally, you're advocating for the same thing that we're advocating for when Black Lives Matter. Um, but, and I think that, and that ties to the fact that people just want to find something to harp on. And if people don't realize too, like if you ever actually read through the song, like it's more, we only sing the first verse. There's three other verses to that song. One of which advocates and applauses slavery. So I think 
it's more than it's more yeah you know what i'm saying it's it's a bigger movement than football it's about morality it's about advocating for equality you know what i'm saying and people just wanted to find something to harp on and it's just the fact that he was an athlete who was greek who was notable to be in a super bowl and he stand up for good cause and people are trying to demean this man when people are fighting overseas for him to be able to sit or stand during the song. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has the freedom to be able to do whatever he wants to, as long as it's moral. In my mind, I feel like it's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah, yeah people, he, he people did. are looking really dumb. He did misspeak, though. People are looking really dumb after this. His, I remember reading that his coach had uh, had tweeted that he, um, he doesn't respect the motivations or the actions of what he was doing. And that just kind of shows really are and what their priorities are. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't just do this just to be doing it. He did it to, to show an action. And it's nothing about football. It's not about... Nobody cares about football yeah. at the end of the day. It's about the fact that all of this is going on and... You know, we get we get really excited about it, and we want to stop it for fifteen minutes, and then afterward, we're focused on something else. So I really commend him for it. They disclosed that he's been doing that all season. They've been, he's been doing that all season, and they've harped on it now. Like right. every time they harp on someone or they attack the black celebrity or like athlete, I feel like they try to cover something up, like some sort of conspiracy theory. But go ahead, go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> No, I was just gonna say, like, I don't know if you guys ever watched Tommy Lauren. Like, I don't. I don't <laughs> Please don't. No, do not. Oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Do not watch it. I please, hate her. Please, hate please, please so don't much. go there. But she came up. Please, please don't oh, go wait, there. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'll tell you what. Hold oh, let me explain. Please to you. don't. Just, he'll see. Please you. don't. So look, the next time you're on the internet or you're on Facebook, bro, there's gonna be a cute white girl that comes on, right? And you're gonna be like, oh, what is she talking about? <laughs> You're going to listen to like the first maybe 30 seconds of what comes out of her Five mouth. Five seconds. And you'll be like, you know what? I don't think I need to hear this girl talk anymore. And you're going to leave. Like, you just going <laughs> to keep scrolling. She's a troll, bro. She is a troll. Bruh, she is so annoying. Bruh. She is so annoying. And what she's trying to do is she's trying to position herself so that she can eventually work on Fox News. But basically, her whole point about this was just like, you know, the military, like people that are fighting overseas, you know, they didn't fight for this. <laughs> so she just comes up with all this bullshit stuff. Hold on, hold on. Did you watch Did you watch what she had to say about it? Yes, and I Jordan, oh Jordan, yeah. Jordan. Because he's Jordan. rich, he oh, can't oh protest. God. Because God. I'm always I'm. Do no, 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 no. Not I watched it too. I ain't gonna lie. Her. I watched it too. You know no, the reason why for. I watched she is it. living for the views. Yeah, she I doesn't know. get the but views. The she doesn't get the comments. It. She doesn't get people hate watching or love watching, bro. And she goes away, and that's what okay. I want to happen. I really I want agree. Her to go away. I agree. But people agree. love her. But the reason people why I love her, her is because somebody that I knew very well had retweeted her video. Yeah. And I was like, no, they did not. This is not a thing. So I need to see what exactly this person was retweeting. Um, but I think it's also important to know like how other people's how other people are thinking. Because honestly, if Tommy Loren never came around, I would never knew that people actually thought this outrageous shit. Like, like it is crazy. Oh, I thought we was holding. Yeah, it's scary yeah, as hell. Like I was saying earlier, like it's scary. These people can be sitting right next to you. You can grow up with these people, and they have these racist mentalities that you would never know about until moments like right. this. Hold on, right. hold on, hold on. Also, I just, I just always want to establish the difference between racist and prejudice because I think racist gets thrown around too often and too loosely. Okay. Most people, most people aren't racist. Most people are just prejudiced. 
like the difference is they have like a, like already premeditated ideas about what you know what I'm saying or generalizations about what a certain demographic is going to be like. That's prejudice. Racism has to do with power. So you have to be in power to be a racist. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, let's say, let's but say I mean, if isn't you, that white privilege? Huh? I'm sorry. Isn't that white privilege? I mean, it's privilege, privilege and prejudice. Is, I mean, pri- I mean, privilege and prejudice like kind of go hand in hand. Like privilege is more of like the benefit of the doubt they get. So uh, if you've ever like heard stories of, you know, crazy shit that white people get away with sometimes, like, you know, having whole bongs inside their back seats of their cars and the cops stopping them and never finding it. Raping women. You know, raping girls and getting out early. That type of thing is privilege. But a prejudice privilege is a stereotype that you hold towards I, something. I'm, no, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. I mean, what it is, yeah, is just I wanna... the benefit of the doubt. Like, they're just going to get it. And we never do. We never, we never will get the benefit of the doubt. That's like really what the struggle is kind of right now. Um, but what's the difference? But, but what I'm saying is this, man. So your manager can be racist because she hires black people and she tells people what to do. You know what I'm saying? So she has some power over you. Now, like, and if you work at Target, you know, your manager could be racist because they hold that power. But the girl who's just on the floor with you, like, so y'all in the same rank and same position... She can only be prejudiced because she holds no power over you. Yo, I had this discussion with my boss because earlier this week, like, let me tell y'all because I need y'all, I need y'all to comment on this shit. So my boss called me racist earlier this week um, because I was used. There was like two microwave options. There was like a black one and then there was like a white one, and I went in and used the white one, and that's because the joint had. It has a better heating system, but I was just, he called me racist, and I was just like, I can't be racist, and then he was just oh like, yes, you can, he like completely turned 180 on me, and I was just like, because like that whole, sense, he's white, <laughs> so I think it's like that sensitivity that I'm telling, he's being righteous by being like identifying racism, and I'm like taking away his righteousness by telling him he's crazy for saying some shit like that and then that, like for him to notice something <laughs> like that is prejudice so I, hey man hey man hey bro keep that hr number very handy bro i was just like um no but i put him in his place like i was just like first of all these are inanimate objects and they're this is this is not these things don't have culture like <laughs> And and then I was like, we went into These this. These don't have have a checkered history with each other. And I brought up that I brought up that position that you said that you have to be in a position of power, like over you like a majority and over a minority or position of power. And he said, no, that's not the Google definition. He was trying to tell me that, like he read the Google definition to me, and I'm just like, <laughs> for you to ignore that that needs to be a necessary element ha- negates the entire movement that we've been moving towards acknowledging at this present time like you're being so, ignorant wait, wait, wait. Did this white so this white man explained what racism was yes you? and i was just like um <laughs> literally <laughs> they, Hey, wait, wait, but in his example was microwaves the microwave because he called me racist and i was i was just like for, like I, like I was, I was like, you know what? You you got me, dude. You got me. I, th- at the, <laughs> but that's the thing. I couldn't. 
convince him. I couldn't convince him at the end after I told him all these things, gave him some examples, and then I was just like, you know what, Philip, I'm racist. And then I was just like, I'm I'm going now. I'm your racist employee is leaving. I was just so <laughs> I was just what the fuck, man? What the fuck? You, and you were like you should be like, by the way, you hired a racist. Way to go. I just <laughs> I think he <laughs> Way to go, idiot. I think yeah. You hired me. <laughs> this is that whole, like... Hi, Ricky. Hi, that, Ricky. That white people sensitivity about being called racist. Like, they're sensitive about being... Like, how dare you? How Why dare you? Why you it up? That doesn't exist. I don't see color. I don't see color. I was just like, hello? Hello? I was just like, yeah, I feel like you're very cool. Because, I mean, in their mind, you're calling right. me a bad person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like he, he almost threw in my face that he hired me. But he's like, I hired you. But anyways. Yeah, white people will get pissed. They do. They do. Alex, didn't you post that video the other day about, uh, like, <laughs> white people feeling sensitive about you calling them? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Explain that, Joy. That joint had me rolling. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, it was it was like a little skit. Uh, basically talking about how white people get so upset. Like basically, it was it was in a workplace scenario. It was on Facebook. I shared it um, about how you know how people of color should take certain steps and and be very sensitive to making sure that white people don't feel like they've just done something or said something racist <laughs> to make sure that everything stays hunky dory in the office. And that's really, I really, and like listening to it, like the guy was like, the guy was like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you're Mexican. You understand what I'm saying? And, and the guy was like, uh, actually I'm, I'm Cuban. And the white guy went off. Right. Oh, really? <laughs> really? You going to do this to me? It is so funny. Oh I my think God. I saw and that. It, I think I not, saw that where like the black, the girl but, touches the, the black girl's hair yeah. and the girl's like, don't touch it. And then she was just like, yeah. Oh, and she and the black girl pointed out that that was kind of racist, and then she started getting sad, and then she was, the, she was just like, "I can't believe yeah. you said I was racist. I'm not." Yeah, it's true. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny, but it's so real. It's yeah. so Wait, Alex, real. Can you, share that? can you share that video on our page? Please do. Oh yeah, yeah. I, um, oh yeah, God. I got you. I got you. Which yeah, it's just, it's just, you know. Yeah, and, and, and you know when 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 it, if, if it wasn't so damn real, it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. Hey man, hey bro, what's some real shit, AJ? Your boy would be on some like high, you know, what I'm saying some high alert shit. Cause I'm about to share this with my boss, bro, shit, bro, and then call HR. <laughs> I'm be like call, call HR, and then share this with my boss. Be like, look at this. Oh, Come look at this. This is real. I can't. I was just like, I was just like, I'm fucking done. Like, I can't fucking. It, it's already. I already felt like, you know, like I'm the only white. No, no, I'm not white. But like, I'm the only. Hold up, non- hold up. Oh, what? Hold up, hold up. I meant to say. I meant to say. Kick around. Kick around. Guys, she ain't no hue. I'm the only non-white. No I'm the only. <laughs> Guys, I meant to say I'm the only non-white. <laughs> I just, I just like crocheting in uh, some Cuban hair, some Dominican oh hair. Every week. 
Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. All right, so what do you all think is next? Like, what do you think we can do as a community to kind of figure, like, figure out the next steps for us? This is what I say. This is what I say. I say, one, make sure that you have a consistent, positive influence on the youth in your minority community. That's number one. Make sure you, you are giving back in a way that's consistent and tangible to your community um, or maybe not tangible, but consistent in your community. And then two is that when you, when you, when something that happens is racist or something that happens is, you know, oppressive to your community. Yeah. It's, it's easy to let that slide just because it happens all the time. It happens all the time. But I would say that a good way to just in your day to day, you don't even have to go out of your way to search for some racist shit to happen. I'm sure that if you just are doing your day to day activities every now and again, every now and again, you'll see somebody on some real subtle racist shit. It's not it doesn't take no time at all to say, excuse me. Did you think about what you just said? Excuse me. Did you realize that whatever stat you have in the back of your head? Boom. Like, I feel like those are things that every black person, every minority community member can do consistently that can actually make a real difference um, besides the whole, you know, Twitter hashtags and things like that. I think those are two things that everybody can do. Um, I think it is very important to be civically engaged. You need to be voting. So you need to vote yourself. You need to encourage other people to vote. Um, yep, you need yep. to kind of like, kind of what Alex was saying, you need to hold people accountable. Um, hold the community leaders accountable, hold politicians accountable. Um, you know, attend city meetings, just politically educate yourself. Um, and commit yourself to that education and understanding what's going on around you in order to effectively combat it. Because I will say the things that are holding us back are people who are educated in how they're holding us back, you know, and that they're going to continue holding us back if we have no idea what's going on, you know, and the only way to really fix that is to educate yourself. Yeah. So. Those are good. Y'all, this is our last episode of the season. Woo! Fuck with me. <laughs> This is like the 14th episode. It's been a, it's been a good right. Let's go, let's, let's go for drinks. No, really though. Oh my god. Hey, also, y'all should check out this movie called Kidulthood. What? This movie called <laughs> This movie called Kidulthood. This is not for the podcast, podcast, but this is a movie called Kidulthood. I'm talking to this black woman from uh from England. Dope ass movie. It's like The Boys in the Hood, but it's the version. It's Did like I hear that little accent. <laughs> look, look! It's the it's the um it's the it's the England version of Boys in the Hood. Hell of a movie. Oh, okay. While we talking about dope stuff, uh, please check out the Get Down if you do like rap or you like hip hop in any capacity. <gasps> yes, it's awesome. For real? Uh, That's the good. First episode is a little uneven and it's like kind of out there a little bit, but once you get past the first episode, it's awesome. Also, Stranger Things is very good. Not black. But also, but very good. Um, I love, I love Stranger Things. Really things. Uh, I finished the shit. What else, man? I don't know. That's kind of like Outlander is amazing. If you just want another show to watch, Outlander. Narcos, <laughs> Narcos season two yes. coming soon. Also, sure. So yeah. But anyways, back to the podcast. So it's been a really good uh, <laughs> couple of months. <laughs> 
we are going to have a short little how do you pronounce it? Is it hiatus? Hiatus. 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 Okay, hiatus. Thank you. Wow. It's okay. There's no judgment here. Anyway. We're here to empower each other with knowledge. Whatever. I hear like 50 different ways. But anyways, we're gonna have a little hiatus um for the next month or so, but we're gonna come back bigger than ever. Um, stay with us on all of our social media. You guys should know if you guys are avid listeners, but you know, we're at Hughes Radio and Hughes of Excellence.com and Hughes of Excellence on Facebook. Um, but yeah, feel free to And Hughes Radio on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel free to message us during this break. Like, we're still alive. We're not dead. So, like, message us and stuff and, you know, let us know what you want to hear, all that stuff. Um, and please, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated with what's coming up um, in the future. Yeah. Bye. Thank y'all for Peace listening. Peace and love. Deuces. Stay black, stay proud. <laughs> <laughs>